In this week's Planet Korea, we're joined once again by Colin Marshall for an installment of Urbanism. Colin is a longtime friend of this broadcast, and he is a prolific writer, podcaster, and blogger on the subject of city life, architecture, lifestyles, buildings, you name it. If it belongs to cities, Colin has probably thought about it and written about it. These days, he is the sole blogger for the Los Angeles Times Review of Books, and it's in fact one of his entries for the LA Review of Books that we want to talk about today. Hi, Colin. Hey, how's it going? So we usually are out there hitting the streets, pounding the pavement, but uh, today we're going to take it easy in the studio and talk about this exceptional article, this blog article that you did a while back, but for some reason, according to the whims of the internet, it has floated back up to the top and it's being circulated around. The internet makes rediscoveries sometimes. It really does. It unearths recent treasures in a strange kind of way. So the article is called, let's get the actual formal title, I've got it right in front of me, Watching Korea develop through 60 years of commercials. What got you interested in that topic? Well, it's the 21st century. We don't have time travel yet. It hasn't been invented, but we have something pretty close to time travel in our 21st century inventions. We have YouTube. And YouTube, <laughs> as you know, everything is on YouTube, or if everything is not on YouTube, it will be. There Nothing is obscure anymore, especially no video. And we talk about the internet unearthing things. 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years, 60 years ago, uh, video, film, all kinds of stuff you can watch. And TV commercials, people just make compilations, hours and hours of TV commercials. Search the era you want to go back to, you want to relive, you know? Is it your childhood? Is it adolescence? Is it before you were born? Look up TV commercials and you, you really feel like you feel like you're back there. The commercials capture life in a way you don't appreciate when you have to sit through them. But when you actually go back and watch them, you think, oh, this is what life was like then. And it works for other cultures. Yeah. Obviously, Korean commercials, I don't remember any of them because I moved here in 2015, but they actually give a good window, a very informative window onto how Korea showed itself to at least its own consumers, which is more informative than it sounds, I would say. Well, in 60 years of commercials in any country is going to tell a pretty wild story of the arc of how a country developed uh, in the UK, in Europe, the same kind of thing. But in Korea, which went from basically a rubble-strewn parking lot in the early 50s to one of the most modern societies in the world, I imagine that uh, there's a huge story to tell in the form of TV advertisements and what sort of aspect of the consumer base these advertisers were targeting. All right, let's take a time trip back. Um, where should we start? Uh, there's several approaches, I guess. Why don't we go back chronologically as far as you can remember? The oldest Korean commercial I've seen is from the 1950s. Broadcasting started in 1956. Mm. And, you know, these it's not the best quality anymore, some of these commercials that have been archived. But there's one for uh, Lucky, a brand of, you would call them in English, just consumer products, life life products, useful things in life, you know, soap, that kind of thing. And we would see it's, we'd see them as a showcase now of Korea's growing industrial capacity. As you say, early 50s, there's nothing. Mm -hmm. By the late 50s, there's comparatively everything. And these commercials want to show you that, or they wanted to show Korea that. We've got just a little audio flavor of that. Like you say, it's sort of that old archival quality. So it's it's not the best, but let's just kind of cue that and, and listen to a teeny taste of lucky products. <laughs> Okay, Colin, so yeah, that's, uh, you know, rough quality, but we can, we can hear an old-fashioned advertisement. This is um, 
for the people who are originally watching it, it would have been a, a, a kind of a chunky animation. Yes, there's animation and live action footage in this commercial. The animation is of a Joseon era fable, and the live action footage is of modern Korean factories. So you uh-huh. see Korea, and this is something that still happens today, Korea telling its own story in a sense of connecting itself, connecting modern industrial Korea directly to the very old days. You want the distant past and the extreme modernity of the present, which, I mean, these factories were pretty extreme that Lucky was using in 1956-57. Reconciliation of the old and the new, and in a way, kind of convincing your consumer base that Korea has arrived. Yes, indeed. You know, uh, we are not just that Joseon-era agricultural society, but we got factories, we're producing products, and hey, why not buy some of those products and use them? I remember we did um, a little walkabout of the 63 building, the Yuksam building, and one of the advertisements for the Yuksam building was played a key role, really, in sort of telling Koreans that Seoul had arrived, right? Yes, the Yuksam building, the gold tooth in the skyline. When that tower appeared, when it, the construction was completed, it was the first skry- skyscraper in Seoul in 1985, as we discussed mm-hmm. on that segment. And there were a series of ads for it as a destination. As a family destination, you could see movies, go to an aquarium in it, shop, do whatever you want in this skyscraper. The fact that it was a skyscraper was itself impressive at the time, but also it was it was promoted as this place you would just go, come to the city skyscraper. We have one. It's awesome. <laughs> we have a skyscraper and we have a commercial for it. This one's slightly better quality. Let's listen to a little bit of a longer chunk of the Yuksam building commercial. <laughs> There you go. Singing about the Yuksam building in explicit terms. Uh, I guess we're seeing visuals of families having a great time out at the Yuksam building, right? Oh, a wonderful time. I'm sure of it. Do you remember any skyscraper commercials from growing up in America? Because I certainly don't. I really don't. Uh, the skyscrapers, I dare say, were taken for granted. Uh, Boston was not far. You know, I mean, in our little town, we didn't have skyscrapers. But uh, Boston was not far away, and it was just chock full of skyscrapers. It was nothing particular to advertise. Mm. So the fact that Korea was advertising, hey, we've got a 63-floor building, and it's full of stuff for you to see, it's kind of like trying to create a feedback loop of self-esteem and uh, sort of a sense of arrival for the Korean consumer base. Indeed. You you might say a sense of pride. Mm. A pride. Well, now we could go in two different directions. Uh, We've got a commercial on tap with uh, a car named Pride. But the thing I want to point out is that the Yuksam building was made and completed just in time for the 1988 Olympics. And it was sort of a big shining beacon to the world that said, hey, we've got the games and we've also got this skyscraper. We've got an Olympic commercial queued up for those 88 games. Let's give that a quick listen. I like the traditional drums coming in there. Old and new. Old and new. Olympic ads always tend to say sound the same with those, you know, kind of bugles and trumpets in the background. Those are an Olympic standby. They really are. You need the Olympic flavor, but here it, there is a very Korean flavor as well. It's as you can hear from the uh, the uh, their narration. It's on our land, made with by our hands. hands. Yes, yeah. indeed. It's the sense that Seoul is Seoul is emerging into the world, and this is a feat that Koreans have 
made happen themselves to a large degree. Of course, every city is a world effort in a way in various different in various different aspects, you need a, it takes a world to make a city, but there's been a certain a sense that Seoul has been raised up by its people in a way that's uncommon uh, in recent history. So it's time to feel some pride in the games and in the car that you drive. One of the first sort of branded cars here on the scene in Korea was a car called Pride, right? Yes, the Pride. And not Pride in Korean, Pride. Pride. A borrowed sort of American or English word imported for domestically made cars. We've got a uh, clip for the Pride made by one of the big automotive chebols. Let's give that a quick listen. Yeah, so, I mean, uh, very much kind of a, not just creating desire for an individual product, but creating a culture of well-being, I get prosperity, sort of laying the groundwork to say we are now a prosperous industrial culture as sort of the, the backbone belief for the purchase decisions. And Seoul is the showcase for that. You see in these car commercials, not just for the Pride, but others, they're always driving through Seoul. They're always showing off the features of Seoul that represent the city as most developed. In some of these Pride commercials, they end up with the couple sitting on the hood of their car, of their Pride, pointing up at the 63 building from That's across right. the other side of the Han. <laughs> Way to merge the, the, the concepts there. Indeed. They, they, knew, they knew what they were doing. That's for sure. And they knew what image they wanted to create. And they knew what elements of Seoul to use to best create that image. It was really about uh, sort of consolidating a consumer class, um, a you know a family with a job with an income, and look at all the ways we can make your life easier. I dare say it probably took some cues from a decade or two earlier in, say, the United States or in Europe. Uh, you could calibrate them that way. When you think about advertising in the U.S. in say the '50s or '60s, it's all about. Make that life easier. Here's this dishwasher so you don't have to break your back all day. Right, and we have a jingle for it. And we have a jingle for it, right? The ads that were playing at this you know, kind of period of time, what, 60s or 70s, in uh, the United States would have been distinctly different. In the 70s, you have a whole other themes unraveling about, uh, you know, I'd like to buy the world a Coke kind it's of stuff. It's true, you did. And in the 1970s in Korea, there wasn't even color television. Yeah. So they really do look much older when you watch commercials from that era. And of course, Korea's rapid development ensures that that gap has closed. Now Korea looks more advanced. You're on YouTube watching these commercials, and you see the, you see the actual commercials, the, the current ones that play before the old ones, and it's shocking. It's how jarring, how, how modern, and just how advanced these new commercials look that play automatically. Then they, it goes back even just 10 years, and it's, it looks like you've gone back 30 years. It's that, the development is that fast here. Yeah. Uh, the production values caught up very, very quickly, but early on they were a little bit um, rough and ready. So we're driving cars. We're going to the Yuxan building. We're attending the Olympic Games, feeling pride in the city, and we're also shopping. We're going yes, to we big are. retail outlets. Some of the advertisements were for retail destinations as well. They were indeed, and one in particular really jumped out to my mind because I wrote an article for The Guardian, The Guardian Cities, a few years ago. They did a series on the history of cities in buildings, and Seoul made it on there a couple times, one of which was the Sampung Pekwajom, the uh, Sampung department store, and which everybody in Seoul knows was, was an ill 
sulfate adventure. It collapsed in 1995, killing more than 500 people. I think the the deadliest building collapse since antiquity. And now we've we've never seen this building because it collapsed before we came to Korea, and many people never experienced it. But it was down in Gangnam in mm. Seoul, and it was known as a posh shopping destination. But you watch the commercials for the Sampung Baekwajom, and you see how posh it really was. It was. Uh, just emphasizing luxury at every point. And there's a whole series of commercials sort of making this look like uh, European in one sense and almost like whatever whatever other Western countries they could pull from to give this image of shopping glamour, they really did. And it, it's, you know, the construction of the building itself was shoddy, as we know now, but they spared no expense making it look expensive, making it look uh, making it look like a place the wealthy go to shop, that uh, a very advanced consumer culture goes. That very word, Sampung, has uh, such a an ominous, a nefarious meaning nowadays. It's hard to imagine flashing back to a time when it was synonymous with quality of life, luxury, high value, that kind of thing. We've got a commercial for the Sampung uh, retail outlet, or Pekwajom, I should say, department store on standby. Let's give that a quick listen. There you go. It must have been um, kind of a, a, a title shift for consumers to start seeing ethnically Asians, Koreans, like themselves, enjoying these higher lifestyles, these consumer lifestyles. Just about every image prior to the 60s and 70s were always of, you know, white people in California or in New York getting their consumer products and using them, right? Well, the idea of white people in California and New York, anyway, often the, the case was that they hired Eastern Europeans who were already in Korea. <laughs> and uh, a filmmaker I met once who grew up in this era was saying he, he had all these memories of how he, he'd see Eastern Europeans on TV buying these products, enjoying these products, driving their sports cars along the coast. And he'd just think, oh, they, they look like they're probably Americans. Great. Uh, we, I want some of that. You know, I want some, I want some of that taste of America. But very often they were not Americans at all or, or it was not America at all. But it was this sense of creating an image however you can. That was the Korean advertising industry at the time. But you're right. Eventually that gives way to all Korean faces. You get this sense of, at the beginning, it's it's only Koreans in the earlier ads. Then you get the Westerners, the sort of ersatz Western culture brands. Ah, so they, the, the, I have the sequence wrong. At first it was the, the sort of ethnic Koreans, and right. then they migrated for sort of some perceived higher consumer yes. uh, value. They, they, they migrated to depicting white people enjoying things. In the 60s and 70s, 50s, 60s, 70s, early 70s, you have, you know, the glorification of the, the Korean working man, the, the Korean of will, you know. Uh, it shows you factory work workers and train drivers and all this. Uh, but then, yeah, as you get into the late 70s, 80s, it's these maybe Eastern European faces, maybe some American faces as well. But the idea is Western-ness. And the yes. brands start sounding Western, even if they're not Western. But then you keep watching more ads in the 90s and the 2000s to today. Then you see actual Western brands used by Koreans, yeah. Korean consumers consuming uh, not fake, genuine Western stuff. It's, it's uh, the sense of now we have the power to choose whatever we want. Mm -hmm. Comes around full circle. But in modern advertisements, you still occasionally see this uh, kind of mild fetishizing of Western-ness and particularly idealization of some sort of like European 
uh, lifestyle. I mean, I can't tell you. I've seen an, uh, apartment complex advertisements that show a you know an Englishman in a top hat pulling up in a horse and carriage <laughs> to pick you up to go to your Chebol apartment. Uh, that Whatever image is going to sell it, <laughs> you know, or, or you know, running through an 18th century French chateau to go get your Chebol chocolate bar. Uh, so there's this concept of you know European equals elegance and. 200 years ago, European uh, nobility is even more elegant. Right. And exactly, we can point to one of these many ways that America and Korea have much in common. In America, too, for a long time, Europe was the reference. If you wanted to sell something of a, a sort of higher class of product, you had to reference Europe because that's where good things come from. That's where, that's where elegance is from. That's where refinement is from. It's not America. And Korea had the same attitude. Like, good things aren't going to come from Korea in the same way America thought that about itself. But... As in all other aspects, Korea went through that stage very quickly, quicker than America itself did. Mm. Let's see. We've got, I, I think we've run through most of our clips here. Uh, we've got one more on standby. According to my little cheat sheet, it says it's for Seoul City Phone. Can you tell me a bit about that? Ah, uh, yes. Seoul City Phone. Well, you know, you go on the subway in Seoul today. Look at anybody around you. What are they doing? Smartphones. Smartphones, yes. It's a cell phone culture more so than any other country I've been to. But that began fairly early. I remember, this is a memory that just comes back more and more often these days. In the 90s, mid-90s, 96, 97, I saw on TV, not a commercial, this was an actual news broadcast, and it said something like that, the reporter said, you know, in Sweden now, some people have cell phones as their only phone. <laughs> and this was astonishing because, you know, not a lot of people I knew, even in America in the 90s, had cell phones at all, right? let alone made them their own phone. But this Seoul City phone, this old service, was the introduction of an actual cell phone we would recognize. It still is very, very primitive by the standards of today. It's not, there's nothing smart about it. But it was the transition out of the BP culture. You've heard about the BP era, no, what right? is the BP? Uh, so BP is a beeper. They called them ah. beepido. That's the sound they made. Uh, and before cell phones took hold, and when the city phone and other brands sort of came on board with it, bringing cell phones to Korea, yeah, people had beepers and they would yeah. get beeped on them. You can see this in movies too. That's right. uh, My dad was a, a doctor, a dentist, and yeah. he, his beeper would go off. He'd have to get up and find a phone somewhere. In America, professionals needed them, doctors especially, right? right? Yeah. But here, everyone had a beepy. You needed it because that was the way you were socially connected to your friends in the same way as you wouldn't go without a smartphone in Korea right. in 2017. You would not go without a beepy in 1997. And so the Seoul City phone proposed, let us replace the beepy. Yeah, they. I think this, this brand was also a beepy... Uh, uh, manufacturer to begin with or distributor or something like that. They had a connections in the BP world. Uh, then they transitioned to cell phones saying, well, look, we've got a phone you can actually use now. Carry this <laughs> around in, in Seoul. You know, maybe the coverage wasn't great outside Seoul, yeah. but you can use a city phone. You're out in the city. You can use a phone now. And the Koreans have taken that and run with it. I think we could say. Well, let's have a quick listen to the Seoul city phone advertisement from yesteryear. <laughs> I think we hear a, I hear a trot rhythm here. This would be good for a long bus trip. You could sing along with that. The old and the new together the old, again. <laughs> old and the new. There you have it. 
this is the arc of Korean advertising. We've come an awful long way in this country from, look, we have a skyscraper, to taking the lead in some of the production trends, the product trends, advertisements for advanced cosmetics, electronics, all of that stuff. And it all got started with very simple messages of, hey, Korea, it's time to take pride in yourself. Colin, any final thoughts? Well, what do you think about when you see the ads from this moment? We can't avoid ads in Korea. There are screens outside, giant screens you can't help but walk by. I mean, we see images of Seoul thrown at us, even when we're in Seoul. You go to the movie theaters, you see Seoul shown to you. And I wonder now, what's next for the consumer culture here? You think it doesn't have that far to go. Seoul is more advanced than almost any city I've been to. Uh, Everything that can be bought, seems it seems to be possible to buy it here in Seoul. What is what is the image they're showing us now? And I think it's going in the direction of, well, now we're, we talked about this a bit on the branding of Seoul segment a few months ago, but now we're a cultural city. Now we're a city where you can go to a uh, coffee shop like you'd go to in Williamsburg. Now you're, you're a city where you can, we're a city where you can sort of take it slower, where you can have cultural experiences that are not about proving that we have wealth to buy things, but more about proving that now oh, we have the discernment and the, the yoyu, you would say yeah. in Korean, we have the, uh, yoyu is difficult to translate, but we have the ability to enjoy and to, uh, to concentrate on things we didn't before because we were so busy going through this super accelerated development of Korean of, of Korean consumer culture we've seen mm-hmm. in commercials and we've seen in Seoul as displayed through those commercials. There you go. Luxury as an underpinning of commercials. I would say native advertising as the big trend of the future. We no longer make advertisements reacting to the world around us. We make the world around us hardwire into our advertising in in terms of the boy and girl groups we form in terms of the products we build advertising is in the very foundation from the ground up we're thinking about the marketing message and we're not treating it as a an accessory for later on colin the article is awesome watching korea develop through 60 years of commercial on the la times review of books appreciate you coming in thank you very much thank you